From the East Coast to the West, this is the Coast to Coast NBA Podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan. What up, Dill? Long time? It's been too long. I know, <laughs> but we're back. It's been coast to coast too long. We've been coasting for too long. But now we're back. Feels good. Feels good to be back on wax. I'm so sorry to Tim Komatsu. I know he's been waiting on our next podcast. Yes, Tim, we're going to get you on one soon, too. Uh, our Basketball Beginners series, where we explain basketball concepts to people who don't know anything about basketball. Also, uh, Jafar, we're going to have you on. We're going to talk all about Israeli basketball. Lebanese. But God damn it, that was, <laughs> that was really horrible. It's okay, you don't know him. You've never met him. But, like, people start wars over that shit. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Wait, but he played basketball in Israel, you said, or something, right? No, he played in Lebanon. I think oh. that he played semi-professionally in Lebanon. Like, I think he got paid some small amount of money to be on a basketball team. But I can't remember if it was a story he was telling about himself or a story he was telling about his friend. What I do know is that he loves Hassan Whiteside because Hassan played in Lebanon for a little while. That's too bad. I know. It's been <laughs> Fall from Grace, Hassan Whiteside was such a good story. And now it's like, yo, dude, you are horrible. Out of the league. Uh, well, in a matter of time, for sure. But he's still making like 20 plus million dollars a year. So, Wow. He really Andrew bynum his way through his career. Yes, he did. Andrew Bynum, Andrew Wiggins, some about Andrews. Never draft an Andrew. I wonder if there's ever been a, an appropriately paid Andrew in the NBA. That's for another pod. <laughs> Today, we are going to talk a little bit about Andrew Wiggins because we got some Wolves news. So first things first, we think we know how to pronounce Gerson Rosas' name. So... Dylan and I talked about it, and we think there are a few ways that he seems to be okay with. Gerson, he seems to be okay with. Gerson, he seems to be okay with. And the way his mama definitely calls him, Gerson. Gerson. Gerson Rosas. But for all you casual fans, let's just try to stick with Gerson. Yeah. The least we could do is have the the longer E and not call him Gerson. Yeah, that Gerson, that just, that's just it's so ugly. wrong. It's wrong and it's ugly. You're right. You're right. Gerson, just say Gerson. It's easy. Like Gerson Keeler, Gerson Rosas. And this Gerson hopefully doesn't do illicit things when he's behind closed doors. Crossing my fingers. <laughs> so, Dylan, did you hear Rosas on the Woj Pod this week? I wish that I didn't. So boring. But I did. I was <laughs> doing dishes. I almost fell asleep while I was doing dishes. That guy, oh my goodness. I almost fell asleep while I was making cookies. Oh, wait, I wasn't making cookies. I was just hearing cookie cutter answers for 45 minutes. Yo, he did not say anything that I couldn't have heard <laughs> from anybody. You know what I mean? It was just like literally anybody could have said that about anybody. Like, yeah, he might as well, well, He was talking about nothing. He was talking there, about nothing. We got a great youth movement. We got a. We're, we're trying to uh, do new things here and establish a new environment. 
and it was horrible. Obviously, All these analytics stupid... are really important, and uh... didn't even say what kind of analytics are important. <laughs> He's the most corporate person that has ever led a Timberwolves franchise. That's it, at least. But maybe that's exactly what the Timberwolves need. Yeah, it's a big change from Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> yeah, who just wouldn't answer questions. You know, it's not a cookie cutter answer. It's like a, <laughs> a a snarl and then an outburst and then a non-answer. But I thought that the most telling stuff about that podcast was the stuff that he didn't say. Mm. He was not willing to talk about Andrew Wiggins. No, he was not. <laughs> He had nothing to say. Which is a good about thing. Because there's nothing to say about Andrew Wiggins except get him out of here. Just as ambiguous as he was on that podcast, he was ambiguous about his coaching search. Did we interview coaches? I hadn't even heard. And all of a sudden, we signed Ryan to a new deal. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he interviewed, there, there were several coaches interviewed. No clue which ones. Yeah. No big names. <laughs> So, to me, it just seems like they went through a process, just to say they went through a process, but they wanted to hire Ryan the whole time. I'm happy about this, Yeah, obviously. I think us as Wolves fans, I mean, he did, after all, win the Desert Island Award at the Puppies. Yes, he did. Uh, and for good reason, because he's a Minnesota native. He's uh, Timberwolves royalty, I should say. And your brother's neighbor. And my dad's probably going to solicit him today. Upon finding out the news that he's going to be coach. Good. He's going to slide a coast-to-coast NBA podcast uh, business card underneath Ryan's he's door. Trying, he's he's trying to get him on the Eric Perkins pod. Oh, my God. A dream. <laughs> a dream. We Maybe we shouldn't mention that yet until it's uh, for real, for real. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> here's my thing about Ryan Saunders is that the Ryan Saunders hiring is really neither here nor there for me. I mean, the players like him, which is good. I don't know if he's a good coach. It, it You can't really ascertain whether he's a good coach or not from the end of that Wolf season because there was it was a season marred in, you know, dysfunction injury. and injury. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, Jimmy and Tom just destroyed that that whole season, whether or not our players were injured or not. Like, you, you, don't, you don't really come back from something like that in one season. It takes some time. Jimmy and Tibbs won most detrimental Timberwolf together for a reason. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. So to me, it's like you might as well, after such a season of turmoil and inconsistency and turnover, like let's just get a little stability with someone who's been in the organization for a long time, who grew up having significant ties to this organization, and someone who everybody likes, you know? I mean, even if he's he he didn't show me anything that says he's a particularly horrible coach. So, to me, it seems like a safe option in, in that it provides consistency that hasn't been a part of the Wolves organization in a long time. I think the most important thing to Ryan being a, the coach is that Gerson's actually one of the youngest heads of an nba franchise in terms of the basketball uh side of things he's only 40 years old he was born in 1978 his birthday isn't on wikipedia but so he's 40 or 41 and so he's got to be one of the youngest heads of basketball in the nba right yeah yeah 
uh, in terms of whether they're a GM or a president of basketball operations. So what I think he has in Ryan is he has a young coach who's not going to undermine him mm-hmm. and who will listen to him. And so there's just this – there's a, a very – comfortable hierarchy now that we have instead of what we had before which was just Tibbs alone you know yeah yeah so I'm looking forward to seeing what a standard business pyramid is going to look like for the Timberwolves (laughs) supposedly Ryan and Garrison know each other from somewhere but as with everything else about Garrison I have no clue what's going on or how they knew each other, or what their relationship was, but evidently they've known each other for a while. Really? Well, I um, mean, I guess he said it on the on the podcast, but he didn't say how he knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan. I suppose. I mean, Ryan's been around the NBA for a long time, so Ryan no probably knows everybody, right? Like, yeah. Because Fli- I just Flip, read Flip was important. He was a really right. important NBA figure. Yeah, I just read in a bunch of articles that evidently they knew each other or they had some sort of history, and so there were, that's one of the reasons why it's likely that Ryan's going to be hired or whatever, and I got no indication as to how they worked together in the past. So well, I just thought that was an interesting thing, and if anybody knows who's listening right now, please enlighten us because everything about both of these hirings is so ambiguous to me. Yeah, if anybody knows, please send us an email at coast to coast. <laughs> NBA pod at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter at coast to coast NBA or on Instagram at coast to coast NBA pod. Slide into my DMs, baby. Ooh, we love the DMs. It go down in the DM. It go down in the DM. Yeah, I'm I'm into it. I, overall, I'm really hopeful. I, I'm getting good vibes from the Wolves this offseason thus far. And I hope the vibes continue. I I do want to bring up, though, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that he didn't bring up Andrew Wiggins. I'm getting some early vibes that he's interested in pursuing trade options for Andrew Wiggins. If those could ever exist. If (laughs) That's the big question. Uh, I do want to just mention briefly, there was an article on The Ringer about the trade market for Mike Conley. Uh, There were several trades that were brought up. But the Wolves package to me seemed to be possibly one of the more intriguing pieces for the Grizzlies. So essentially, the the Wolves would offer up Andrew Wiggins and uh, first round pick, their number eleven overall pick for Conley. Now I don't know what Conley is going to draw. I don't know if there are a lot of teams that can do better than that. Because eleven is pretty, I mean, could be a pretty solid player. And Andrew Wiggins, I mean, I know he sucks. You know he sucks. But does he suck that bad? The Grizzlies has such a messed up front office that you never know what they think about their players. Like, or would about our players would he not instantly become the best player on that Grizzlies team? I mean, Jaron Jackson is probably no, gonna be the best not. player. But yeah, Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson are both <laughs> better right now. <coughs> That's probably true. You bring up a good point. But he would fill a need for them yeah. and a need in the NBA. Like The good thing is that we didn't sign uh, a big to that max. We only mm-hmm. signed Gorg- Gorgie Jeng to a $15 million a year contract. Right. But like the fact that he's a wing... And is still young makes 
him a more valuable asset than if he were a point guard and in the same spot. Like he's got length and he has the ability to guard wing players. So he's at least a rarity. Right. You know? And and his contract, you know, the the length and what's left is not detrimental to rebuilding teams because in 4 years when they need to resign their young pieces, he's going to be off. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's almost perfect. That for Jaron Jackson, you know. Yeah, plus 11, you know, Brandon Clark could be there, Rui Hachimura, Sekou Dumbaya. There's there's some interesting pieces that could be available at, at number 11. So, and who knows? I mean, who knows how many pick how many players who are projected higher could fall all the way down to 11. Like remember when Malik Monk fell all the way down to the Hornets at number 12 or whatever? Donovan Mitchell fell all the way to 14, you know, think shit happens in the draft. So I I might not do it if I were Minnesota. I'm excited about number 11. I think it could be a young player, but I just think Conley, Akogi, Covington lineups. Holy shit. Best defensive back. <laughs> oh my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? That would be wild. Speaking of Akogi, I read on NBA.com that he got 10 votes for second team all rookie and one vote for first team all rookie from the one and only John Krasinski. Yeah. Almost definitely. <laughs> no, uh, no way to the- confirm that, but probably. Just the fact that he was the third guy out, that would make him 13, right? Yeah. Um, Hey, that's a win. The only people in front of him who got more votes who were drafted behind him are Mitchell Robinson, who I would rather, I'd still rather have Josh Okogie. And I I would rather have Josh Okogie on the Wolves roster. In general, I'm not quite sure. I guess. Oh, and, and Landry Shamit. Oh. Shamit. Yeah, I'd rather have Landis Shamit. Yeah, but uh but if he had a lot of injury sh- concerns coming in. Yeah, if Co- if, if Okogi can develop a decent three-point shot, even if he can't, I mean his defensive value is great. I mean, he's Andre Robertson except he's Andre Robertson and Shabazz Muhammad mixed together, which is an yeah. intriguing player. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh if I can just zoom in on <laughs> Shabazz Muhammad, January 2017, or whenever he was shooting 60% from three. Yeah, that one little stretch. I talked about it with you, though, and I think we agreed that we would only have five players before we would have a Kogi from that draft class. On the Wolves team. On the Wolves team specifically. And those people are Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Jaron Jackson, Marvin Bagley, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, with DeAndre Ayton just being not a good pairing with Towns and Colin Sexton, Landry Shamit not giving that defensive upside. And right. with Mitchell Robinson being like a dime a dozen almost, like he's, I guess he's got a lot of defensive potential, but like if he doesn't show that he can be on the court for 30 minutes a game, then he's kind of like a dime a dozen in terms of just being another big guy who can put together a good 15 minutes a game. Yeah, the 10% block rate is like feels special to me. But but it's, it's in it's, 17 minutes a game. Yeah, it's it's a limited it's a limited uh sample size. Um I think you're right though that 
Akogi is as far as fit with the Wolves. I think those 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 five players are the only ones. Aiden obviously is better than Akogi, but we've got a center. And listen, Akogi might be better than Colin Sexton. He might be. I I I don't know. I I don't know about Colin Sexton yet, yo. He he's a chucker. He just really <laughs> chucks the ball. Bottom line, we got a great guy in Josh Kobe. We, that was a great pick at 20. So let's move on to our playoff in memoriams. This is a segment we do at the end of every playoff round to pay homage to the teams that are no longer with us here in the playoffs. So we begin with the Boston Celtics. Dylan? Somebody once told me the world was gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shit. She was looking <laughs> kind of dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not going to be that one. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It would be kind of funny for the Boston Celtics. They're, they're world roamied. Seriously, fuck the Celtics. Um, here lie the Boston Celtics, who were beaten up just like 1991 Charles Barkley in the cold, mean streets of Milwaukee as they fell four games to one to the Bucks on May 8th, 2019. And now we remember this year's accomplishments. Somebody once told me the world was not a globy. I ain't the well, sharpest uh, tool on Brad's team. That is rough. Kyrie's they made a lot of smart people look stupid. His thumb in and that's the all I can say about that. Yeah, that's a pretty good accomplishment, I guess. <laughs> well, the tears start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the freak who hit the ground running. Celtics didn't make sense, didn't play for fun, didn't need. Marcus Smart made Simmons sound dumb. So what to do? All these picks you see, should we trade them for AD? Al Horford, please don't go. We'll never shine if you don't help us grow. Hey now, we got our all-stars, should be game on, go play. Hey now, Kyrie's toxic, get a move on, get paid in Los Angeles or New York. All these shooting stars don't fit Braz mold. Kyrie is out of place, locker room's getting colder. His knees hurt now, wait till he gets older. But the media men beg to differ. Judge him by his handle and his motion picture. The codfish state has pretty thin skin. The press will always root for the Celtics to win. Danny's world's on fire, we want more. That's the way we like it and we never get bored. Hey now, we got our all-stars. Should be game on, go play. Hey now, Kyrie's toxic, get a move on. Get paid in Los Angeles or New York. All these shooting stars on Fit Brasmol. Oh, yeah, they really just. Making Bill Simmons sad <laughs> made my ear. Yeah, it's, you know, Bill Simmons can only be happy about Boston sports so much. They've had so much success that it's okay, you know. Go ahead. Be, mm-hmm. be disappointing, Boston. Um, so. Looking forward for Boston because they're out now. So all we could do is look forward. They really got screwed in the draft this year. They had three picks available to them, and it ended up they ended up getting pick fourteen, pick twenty, and pick twenty two. Mm. That sucks. 
because they got their own. They got uh, the Kings pick, which ended up being way better than anyone imagined. They got the Clippers pick, which ended up being way better than people thought. And then their own pick at 22. You know, at the beginning of the season, we were looking at Boston's trade, like their their pick chest, and they were, we were like, oh, snap. Boston's got a lot of assets to trade. But I don't, right. I don't think anyone's going to come knocking for 14, 20, or 22. Yeah, I mean, would it have been better if the Clippers pick had not conveyed this year? Like, would that have been a higher uh, protection, and then they would have gotten a higher pick? I don't really know how that's working, but... Not well. The Clippers are going to be better after this year. I mean, or they're going to be essentially the same. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like 22, like maybe at the beginning of this year. Yeah, we were thinking that the Clippers pick could have been good in two years, but like that's fine. 14, 20, and 22. You can find good players from that. Yeah, the upside is is that they still have the Memphis pick, which next year is top six protected, and then in 2021 is unprotected, and Memphis is going nowhere fast. Yeah, I bet it conveys next year, though. Yeah, there's a good chance. But you never know. The lottery odds are weird right now. so That's true. And they could tank. So with John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Andrew Wiggins, that could be the worst team in the league. Yeah, I'm I'm like really riding Andrew Wiggins to Memphis right now. I'm, I'm all in on that. <laughs> I love it. Um, can I say quickly just about the lottery before we get too far into this is that I fucking love the new lottery odds. I love how random it is. I love how weird yeah. it is. I just like I want it to be such a clusterfuck every year. It's mm-hmm. the shit. People might be like, it's not fair, but like, fuck you for being bad. You know, I'm not going to re- I don't care about rewarding you for being mismanaged. Chalanga, you're an NBA Republican. <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, we get to see Zion and Anthony Davis on the court, maybe. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll put you through an intervention later. All right. Uh, <laughs> back to the Boston Celtics. We have Celtics. to stop the millionaires and billionaires. All right. Back <laughs> to the Boston Celtics. To the millionaires and billionaires. <laughs> I don't feel bad for the Celtics one bit. The, uh, they have cap space. They do have cap They have space. a couple of good young players. They're going to be in the playoffs. Until the East develops depth. Yep. You know what? I had more to say on the Celtics, but I actually don't want to talk about the Celtics anymore. Can we move on? Sure. All right. Next, we remember the Houston Rockets. Dylan, here lie the Houston Rockets, who were outflanked once again by the wounded warriors. Even though KD went down, Steph, Clay, and Dre proved to be too much for the Beard and his boys. They fell four games to two on May 10th, 2019. And now we remember this year's accomplishments. had a near MVP caliber season from James Harden. They came back regular season. They came back from the tragedy that was Carmelo Anthony and they managed to build solid depth mid-season with very little resources, acquiring Iman Shumpert, Kenneth Fareed and Austin Rivers through trades and the buyout market. 
pretty good season for Houston. I'm, I'm, I, I can't, I wouldn't complain if I was a Houston Rockets fan. I mean, I might, but they had to face the Rockets in the second or the Warriors in the second round. That's tough. So, are you saying that you would not submit a complaint to the whatever the NBA Ethics Committee or whatever? <laughs> okay, that's honestly the worst thing that happened to Houston this season. <laughs> worse than Carmelo Anthony. Worse than that three weeks with Melo. Yet another team that I don't feel bad for whatsoever. They need to prove themselves in the playoffs. They need to prove that... I don't know. Like, KD goes out, and then you lose that game, and then you go on to lose two more games. That's horrible. Or go on to lose the next game as well. Yeah. And that's horrible. They just don't have enough players. I mean, that's that's all it is. They just don't have enough players. The CP3 trade is starting to show its starting to rear its ugly head yeah like think about if it was james harden and lou williams and Montrez harrell they could still win two games against the warriors <laughs> yeah exactly like imagine if they had Montrez harrell coming off the bench instead of nene or farid kenneth farid Ugh. yeah i mean it's it's the same role it's just a much better version Hey, I'd rather have Harrell than Clint Capella. He absolutely disappeared this year in the playoffs. He really did. And especially once the Warriors got a hold of him, right? as we already discussed. Right? But yeah. Lou Williams versus Austin Rivers? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Give me mm. Lou. Easy. Yeah, I don't feel bad for the Rockets. You know, and, and moving forward, they don't have any picks this year. They have their own pick in 2020. They only have six players under contract for next year and they're 12 million below the tax line like they've got they do not have much to do it's it's not looking good for i mean they'll they'll make some trades with their little assets and they'll get some people on the buyout market for sure what what's that sound i hear that's a freezing cold take of the north ooh winter's coming yeah and I'm feeling something. Uh-oh. I'm feeling like, Houston, we have a problem. They're not going to be in the playoffs next year. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone, save this moment. Save this moment in this podcast. What is this? Like, minute minute 35 or something? Of yeah, Chilangi. Episode 33, <laughs> when Dylan made the worst take of his podcasting career. <laughs> Yeah, that one's frozen in carbonite. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. They won't make the playoffs next year, huh? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm not going to... I just want to say it before it happens. That's it. That's really all it all is. All right. You know, I appreciate... I like respect There are a lot boldness. of teams... And there are a lot of teams who want to and could get in next year. You know what I mean? Uh, the Kings have a lot of space to sign someone pretty good. The Wolves <laughs> have a very good player and competent management, hopefully, and a lot of in- players from on that were injured who are coming back. Yeah, and I don't see a lot of the teams five through eight getting that much worse. So, like, who's to say they don't drop four spots? Uh, I'm to say, <laughs> I think they're going to be just fine. But you know what? Hey, you're gonna if you're right, you're gonna make a lot of people look stupid, and you're gonna look like a fucking genius. So, I, 
so so you're guaranteeing that they're going to make the playoffs yes. next year. Yes, 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 yes. James Harden, dude. All right, we'll see. All right, thank you for that freezing cold take of I the will, North. I will say this does feel like it could be as demoralizing as um, that campaign that they had in 2000. What is it? 14, 15. He came back in 2015, 16, and they crapped the bed, and then they were the eighth seed, and they won 41 games. And I believe that they were ousted by the uh, by the Warriors in the first round. That was maybe their first year. Do you remember when like Bill Simmons and Joe House were predicting that they were going to have the best record in the league, and then they ended up being 500 team, a shitty team. Yeah, it just this next season kind of looks like it could be that in my opinion yeah just they don't they're not gonna have the depth we'll see we'll see they got their mle to work with and i think houston is a pretty attractive destination there's a lot of free agents this year i i think free agency is gonna uh, it's gonna play out in a lot of funky ways that we don't see coming that's that's my prediction and so until i get a better hold on what's really going to happen in the NBA. I mean, it's like something like 49% of all NBA players are free agents this offseason, which is big. I mean, half the players in the league. So I think there's going to be some weird things that happen. And they, I think they have a biannual exception too. Oh, it's biannual year. Okay, cool. So they got a little bit of money. All right. Well, fuck. Thank you for that freezing cold take. That was uh, really something. <laughs> We're going to move on to the next team eliminated from the playoffs. We're going to pay our respects to the Philadelphia 76ers. Dylan? Actually, it's me, Ben Simmons. And I would like for this one to go out to my homie, Joel, Jojo, MB. Baby, please just don't let me down. Jimmy, baby, I knew about it. I just didn't care. You just don't understand how much I want to pass to you, do you? I'm not going to giggle with another man at a press conference like you did, baby, but that's all right. Hey, I love you anyway. I'm still going to have a low trade value till my shooting day, so I'll be here for you. I'm in so much pain because you can't sit on the three-point line and spread the floor to me. So just come back to me, baby. Stand in the pain. Together... We can play 70s basketball until our dying day. Baby, please. This time it's dead. Just come to my car. And baby, just don't pass it back. Although we've come. Here lie the Philadelphia 76ers, who lost to the Raptors of the six in seven games. Unfortunately, Ben's left hand, Joel's tears, and Jimmy's balls 
were four bounces away from marching past the Kawinosaurus in Canada. They were laid to rest on May 12, 2019, four games to three. And now we remember this year's accomplishments. They made some of the best or maybe worst trades acquiring Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris for their starting lineup. They got a pretty healthy season from Joel Embiid, putting him in the MVP conversation, and they almost beat the Raptors in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinals, increasing how far they got from last year after being outed by the Celtics four games to one. So in 2019, they have four picks in this draft. They have 24, 33, 34, and 43. So not any great picks, but they got a lot of swings at the bat. Uh, Swings at the ball. Swings of the bat, trying to hit the ball. We don't know baseball. That's not our our subject. Sure ain't. And then in 2020, they have their own and in Oklahoma City, top 20 protected. As far as the cap goes, they've got 42 million in space. That is if... Neither Tobias Harris or Jimmy Butler resign. Now, the question is, do Harris and Jimmy stay after this season? Should they? Who knows? Should they? Do we want them to stay? Do you want them to stay as As an NBA fan in general? As an NBA fan in general, I I can't take myself out of being an NBA fan. As that that's true. As There's too much fan, tied into Jimmy. Yeah, as the Timberwolves fan, I want to see Jimmy leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, as a basketball fan, I don't know. I didn't love watching the team. Yeah, I'd like to see Joel Embiid succeed, but I just don't know where he's going to succeed if he's just going to be sitting out on a three point line, missing shots, and not getting the ball in crunch time. You know, I don't know. Yeah, you're right about that. Listen, if Jimmy leaves, the uh, the Timberwolves unarguably win the trade, which is all we want, right? I mean, ideally, what would be really tight is if Jimmy Butler resigned, Ben Simmons was traded for, like, Drew Holiday, and so Drew's going back to Philly. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be an awesome fit. <laughs> Drew, Jimmy, and Embiid. Yeah, I'd fuck with that. I would fuck with that real hard. I so good on defense and offense. I don't think that that would work. I don't, I don't think, think so that either. the Pelicans would want Ben Simmons and Zion Williamson playing together because they're and- like <laughs> 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 That's exactly what uh Ben Simmons needs is someone who's not going to space the floor at all. <laughs> Yo, I love that three four five of uh Simmons, Davis, and Zion. Oh my god. We need to be NBA GMs, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. Oh shit, the Raptors won tonight. Whoa, already? Yeah. Oh, that's that was a route. Evened up the series. Jesus. Kawhi finishes this with 19. Lowry had 25. Wow, way to go, Fat Lowry. Wow, Fat Lowry had a good game last game, too. Okay, maybe we're getting some he skinny like, Lowry coming through. That's right. Lowry's been doing some sit-ups. Back to Philadelphia. I'm not rooting yeah. for them, so I can't say that I want 
Jimmy to stay. I want Jimmy to leave. I I want Jimmy to go to the Lakers with LeBron. How about Kemba? On the Sixers? Yeah. I like that. Instead of Jimmy. That'd be interesting. I'm into that. I'm into that. And if they can get Tobias, like they might have enough money to get Tobias if he doesn't want a max, but I think he's going to want a max. Yeah. And he can he can probably get a max from somebody. Wait, that's also without JJ Redick, isn't it? He just signed a one year deal. Yeah, JJ's JJ will be gone. Yikes. So they're gonna have yeah. I don't know. I think Philadelphia has a lot of question marks. I would not be excited. They okay, so I, they they did do really well to almost beat that Raptors team who was really good. That's a really good yeah. Raptors team. Yeah. A Raptors team that just tied the series at two to two. Like they they could have been in those same shoes. They were four bounces mm-hmm. away from being in those shoes. And um, to say that they weren't better this year would be crazy. But to say that Joel Embiid, that you're excited about his future, would be wrong. Because I'm still scared of his injury history, and it crept up in the playoffs again. And yeah. I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous about Ben Simmons not getting any better and kind of showing up for one or two games in the playoffs, but really being pretty invisible for most of it. Yeah, you know what? Everyone is saying trade Ben Simmons now, but get ready. You feel that? Wait. That shiver in your spine? Oh, my God. was 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 that a freezing cold take, I feel? The Philadelphia 76ers should trade Joel Embiid this offseason for Anthony Davis. Wow. That was worse than my Houston take. <laughs> trade one injury-prone big for another injury-prone big. <laughs> who, who is going to be at the end of his contract at the, at the end of this year? <laughs> They'll, everyone's just going to have short contracts with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take that out. Um, <laughs> but listen, here's one thing that I do know about the 76ers is that I bet they wish they still had Lander Shamit right now. Oh, God. Do they? Yeah. Do they ever? <sighs> Yikes. All right. I would not want to be in Elton Brand's shoes this offseason. Seems like a pretty stressful, stressful job. Um, y- yeah. Who cares? Who cares about yeah. Philadelphia? All right, we're going to move on to our last team in memoriam, the Denver Nuggets. Here lie the Denver Nuggets, who, despite a big effort from Nikola two-liter Jokic, succumbed after a seven-game series to Dame Dollar and CJ Corder, four games to three, on May 12th, 2019. And now we remember their accomplishments. I'm doing this tonight. You're probably gonna start a fight. I know this can be right. Hey, baby, come on. I loved you endlessly, and you were there for me. So now it's time to leave the playoffs alone. I know that I can't take no Nuggets out that door, baby. Bye, bye, bye. I'm here for real. Just another play in this game for five. You may hate me, but it ain't no lie. Nuggets, bye, bye, bye. Really wanna make it tough. I just wanna tell you that I had enough. 
might sound crazy, but Dame said bye, 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 bye. They had their best season since 2012-13 when they won 57 games. Jokic had a top five MVP caliber season. And somehow they managed to keep Isaiah Thomas happy and quiet while he sat on the bench all year. Dylan, Minnesota Timberwolves rivals, the Denver Nuggets. That made me so jealous right there. Right? I think, honestly, the biggest thing they did, like, how did Isaiah Thomas not make a big stink this year? That's crazy to me. Same with Paul Millsap. He's been hold. He he really held on. I think he was. He was definitely a top three player for them for the playoffs. Um, oh yeah, maybe top two if you just if you just factor in his consistency. Um and his and the fact that he was so instrumental for them on both ends of the court, and now they have a team option on Millsap. I was really worried about that contract at the beginning of the season, but. It's looking no, like, it was a super smart contract. Yeah, I, I'm looking like an idiot for that. But because even if they keep him, if they hold Pat, if they stand Pat with their team, like and keep him on, they'll be they'll still have their MLE. I don't think they'll have their biannual, but they'll have their MLE to use on free agents if they want to just run it back again. Otherwise, they can let go of Millsap and they'll be 19 million below the cap. Yeah, they're an exciting team. Good for Denver. Definitely exciting. Can I just... I want to mention one thing about that 2012-2013 season. They won 57 games, <laughs> and their best player was Ty Lawson. He averaged almost 17 points and 7 assists that season. They they were running out lineups with Lawson, Andre Iguodala, Danilo Gallinari, uh, Wilson Chandler, and Kenneth Fareed. JaVale McGee was on that team. Yeah. JaVale McGee leading the team in PER. Costa Kufis. Iggy leading the team in VORP and Box Plus Minus. Timofey Mozgov. Andre Miller. Came back. Man. What (laughs) a team. Yeah. What a team. That was an interesting, like, what what were they? They must have been the Clippers of that year. Almost. <laughs> I mean, better. Th- I mean, they were second in the West. Wow. Yeah. Who needs Mellow? That was the Mellow. Uh, that was the Mellow Patrick Ewing theory season. Yep. When yep. did they trade Mellow? The season before that. I guess they must have. I guess Mellow was gone two years before that. But yeah. Oh, in 2010-11? Okay. Still an Ewing theory candidate for that year, like second in the M- in the West. That's insane. That's wild. Well, moving forward, Denver, I mean, their their best players are young, except for Millsap. But Jokic, Murray, Harris, Malik Beasley, Monte Morris, they're all under 25. So there's a lot of growing left for this team to do. I want to take a quick moment to talk about my man. You know I love him. I know you don't have any feelings about him. Michael Porter Jr. Oh, I have feelings about him. Now, Dylan, you know that I'm obsessed with players who I haven't seen play. I love, that's my favorite type of player. The complete mystery player. (laughs) The complete never has played in the NBA player. (laughs) Yo, it's Blake Griffin. Uh, 
Blake Griffin didn't play his first season. If Blake Griffin were a literal griffin and a mythological creature that doesn't exist in real life because he's never going to play in the NBA. Listen, I think it was... <laughs> was that too much of a stretch? He's He'll play. I think it was Chris Vernon who said he was talking on the Ringer NBA show. He's like, I didn't. I forgot Michael Porter was on the team. I saw him in the tunnel, and he is huge. I mean, Michael Porter is like 6'10", and he's built like a grown-ass man. <laughs> Apparently his game, like he's really good off the dribble. He's got, he can shoot from all over the court. He's super athletic. Grant, if his back is ever makes a full recovery, who knows? He's had like two back surgeries. So (laughs) we'll see. I, yeah, I don't care. We'll see. But I'm excited. If, if Michael Porter Jr. Oh, what's that I hear? That's a freezing What's cold that? take of the North coming in. Uh-oh. The winter winds have found us. And I'm looking back to June 23rd, 2016. You know what that day was? June 23rd, 2016. Was that the 2016 NBA draft? That's right. That was the first draft under head coach and president, Thom Thibodeau. <gasps> Do you remember that draft? Do you remember who we took? Uh, I guess technically we took Laurie Markkinen. No, the first draft, Chris Dunn. That's right. That's right. Chris Dunn with a fifth pick. Do you know who I wanted so much? Uh, I'm going to guess Jamal Murray. Yeah. I wanted yeah, we could anybody, anybody who could shoot a basketball. I wanted Buddy Heald. I wanted Jamal Murray. Oh, Either one of those picks. I was picks. so high on Buddy. I was so high on Buddy. Can you imagine if the Timberwolves could, for once in their entire existence, draft a guard that they should actually draft? Yeah, we've had really bad guard luck. Okay, granted, Ricky Rubio was a good pick in in the moment. Ricky Rubio was a good pick. Was a, Johnny Flynn was a was good a bad pick, pick, but also was before Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> and after Johnny Flynn? Ricky Rubio came after Johnny Flynn, right? Yeah, that's that was the worst pick the, the Wolves ever made. Yeah, so I guess Ricky Rubio is a bad pick because it came after Johnny Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I re- I just remember that year, and I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. But I remember loving Jamal Murray's game and just being like, "Well, Jamal's going to be able to play on both sides, and he's going to give a ton of effort, and he's going to be able to shoot." Yeah, and that's what he is for the Denver Nuggets. And I really could see Carl Anthony Towns' career being different. Maybe. Jokic and Towns could be trending in the opposite direction, you know? Yeah. Maybe Towns could be in, in the top five MVP conversation. Yeah, or Jamal Murray would be on the Chicago Bulls right now. True. True. No, no. He Well, I don't know. He I guess he wasn't that good at the beginning. But he was better than Chris Dunn, that's for sure. Oh, yes. No question. Remember, I just watched a video um, the other day. Remember when Chris Dunn knocked out all his teeth this season? No. Oh, yo, it was brutal. He did a dunk and he got caught on the rim. And then he just fell straight on his face from like 10 feet in the air. Wow. It was so gnarly. Oh, God, it was so gnarly. Ugh. Anyway, listen, Denver, they're pretty set going forward. They got Nikola Jokic, who is fucking unbelievable michael porter jr will come in second place in rookie of the year next year they're gonna be just fine 
Way to go, Denver. Fuck yeah. you for being in the same conference as the Timberwolves. Yeah. Division. I, w- I really wish I could like him because Jokic has such a likable personality. Yeah, and a likable game. He's so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But thank God, thank God that they were taken care of against a one-legged Portland team. <laughs> Yikes. That team really fought hard to get where they got, and I think that we were all blinded by Dame's uh, series ender against Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll talk more about the uh, Blazers on our next podcast when we do our in-memoriams for the uh, conference finals. But for now, we got to wrap it up. I really hope you enjoyed the show today. Dylan, it's been a true pleasure. Thanks, Chalanga. You're welcome. I've I missed you. I know. It's been, it's nice to be back. It's nice to be back. Um, as always, don't forget to follow us on the socials at Coast to Coast NBA on Twitter, at Coast to Coast NBA pod on Instagram. Send us an email at Coast to Coast NBA at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe, download, and please give us a rating. Um, at the very least, just download. You don't have to listen. We don't care. We're going to listen. Me and Dylan are going to listen to each podcast no less than 50 times each. Just I'm not going to gonna be here. Boost those numbers. <laughs> but give us a download, please. Um, and if you have a friend who likes basketball or who just likes two really charming, handsome, voiced gentlemen talking to each other, recommend it. Until next time, I've been Chalanga. I have been Dylan. And I think I'll continue to be Chalanga. I don't know. It's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can trade my chips in and become a Chalanga as well. Hey, it's, uh, it feels pretty good, so give it a try if you can. Anyway, we're out of here. Peace.